2: Worried about your tax return? Troubled by inheritance tax, thinking it's double taxation? Then why not stick your assets in a tax haven and transfer them to your kids well before you die? That way, it's double no taxation. Or are you horrified that all these people who are avoiding tax? Then why not follow Jeremy Corbyn's lead and pay HMRC 100 pounds more than you need to by submitting your return five days late? It seems that even activists can be slacktivists. So, to inspire us fellow slacktivists in our people strand of podcasts, I went along to chat to the activist presenter and driving force behind the recent BBC Two documentary, *The Town That Took On the Taxman*, Hayden Prowse. Before that, I should remind you that in a couple of weeks' time, for the April Slacktivist Action Group, recorded live at the Soho Theatre, I will be talking to recent Labour leadership hopeful Mary Cray MP, former campaigns director and now CEO director of Amnesty International, Tim Hancock, and stand-up broadcaster and one of the original victims of that vicious TV show, The Jump, Marcus Brigstock. But now, a man who stood against Grant Shapps in the general election, who once broke into Tony Blair's house and who was responsible for Alan Duncan losing his job in the shadow cabinet. Alan Duncan, a man who pretended to me during my set at Live at the Apollo, that the woman sat next to him was his daughter. A fact that I now know to have been a blatant lie. I'm joined here by Hayden Price, very excited to be here. Hi, Annie. Hi there. I uh, completely loved the documentary you did for BBC Two. It was on in January called The Town That Took On the Tax Man. For those fools that didn't actually watch just tell us a little bit about what
3: it was about. Uh, well, um, the documentary was an attempt to take a small town in Wales and the local businesses on the high street offshore for tax purposes and to see if they could copy the tricks of the big corporations like Starbucks and, and Google and avoid some tax.
2: And how did the project come about? Did you just did you suddenly have an idea and you thought, I know, Crick Owl in the Brecon Beacons, they've got a lovely high street that needs to be protected, let's, let's go down there and see if we can take them offshore?
3: Essentially, yeah, I mean, we, we, we hunted around for... Just the right high street, and it was really important that we had a high street that was almost totally locally owned um, because, as you all know, most high streets in the UK are sort of almost exclusively chains now, or just completely peppered with chains. And um, we wanted to find one which had independent businesses, and they'd actually fought off an attempt for a supermarket to come and open up on the high street because it would have put all the local businesses out of business. So they're fiercely sort of independent Welsh high street. So did you spend
2: like a year going round each high street going on oh, no, too many cost of coffees here? This is this not going to work?
3: Yeah, we, we went to Shoreham because we wanted to turn it into shore room. Oh, nice! Um, Would have been lovely. Would have been good, and yeah. a few other puns, and then we realised we needed a. It was a few things slightly back- stronger than just looking for a pun. Yes, yeah. but we needed. We also needed a high street that was actually profitable because we went to a bunch of places that weren't making any money, so they needed some tax to avoid. Yeah, that was essential. Um, and then we wanted to see if essentially we looked at the tax system and we said to ourselves it seems really weird that for a lot of the big boys tax is effectively optional, you know it's like do we want to pay it this year? Nah, we'll just go offshore but for the small guys it's just not and they're sort of carrying the full burden uh, of of the country and paying for everything, paying for our schools, paying for our roads and we were sort of saying to ourselves well if it is optional and these loopholes are completely legal why is it not okay for small businesses to do it too? So just go back a thing
2: Uh, you've had this idea, you've have you talked to a production company? How, how have you. Have they, you said, look, we think Krikal could work. We know it's an independent high street. They're making some money.
3: Yeah, well, we had the idea and then we had to convince a broadcaster to go with it, which wasn't an easy thing because it's quite, uh, it was quite a controversial, idea. it was quite hard to get it away. Especially
2: with BBC going into charter renewal, not ideal times for them to be possibly picking <laughs> yeah. a fight with the taxman. <laughs> exactly. Quick, yeah. Al, quick, out a lovely place. I actually yeah. stayed there did you? Like before I knew that it was uh, going to be the, the town that took on the tax man. Yeah, because I, I was playing Abergavenny on tour, right. And at the Manor Hotel. Did you go and visit them and try and
3: persuade them to get involved? Was this the Manor Hotel? Oh, was that the one that owned by the local lord? I've no idea. Right,
2: I didn't do full research when, when yeah. my tour booking was going <laughs> on. I don't
3: think we stayed at the Bear.
2: Did you go and do a bit of Brecon Beacons when you were there? Yeah, we did a bit
3: of Brecon Beacons. Penny
2: fan. Table Mountain.
3: Table Mountain, I don't remember. I thought that was South Africa but then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it's (laughs) it's a Welsh one.
2: (laughs) So so basically the the plan was to go to Krakow Mm. and... In the, the, the documentary, you take them to the Isle of Man. You, you go and set up a, a little company in the Isle of Man. You go and find a, a tax haven. Budget, I'm presuming, wouldn't run any further than the Isle of Man. Canary, yeah. or Cayman Islands was, was off, the, off the list. Tried
3: to get to the Cayman Islands, but looked at the budget. Yeah. And, yeah, went to, went to Isle of Man. Uh, yeah, Isle of Man is, sort of the, is a sort of um, easy jet of, of offshore tax havens. It's a pretty downtrodden <laughs> yeah. place. But it's funny, because so much money goes through the Isle of Man, but uh, it's quite a poor society, quite a poor community. It doesn't trickle down. All the trickle down on, since this trickle-down nonsense just doesn't really happen. Go to the Isle of Man if you want to disprove the trickle-down theory.
2: If you want to go and die on your ass in the Isle of Man, say, back on the mainland, yeah. that's the one that they really hate. Yeah. We are an
3: independent yeah. nation. Yeah.
2: So how did you purchase your, uh, your company? Or, we- or the company for the, for the show,
3: as it were? We, how did we purchase it? We just went to a, um, one of these companies. There's all these companies in the Isle of Man. There's a whole street where you just knock on the door and say, Hi, oh, I'd just like to you know, purchase a letterbox. Absolutely fine. So it's a few thousand pounds. And you set up a company and uh, you're away. And then you, you got to go over to Holland mm-hmm. to go for the Dutch sandwich. Yes.
2: Sounds like something that you might get on a stag night in Amsterdam. But yeah. this, is,
3: this is a, a serious tax dodge. Serious tax dodge, yeah. So Holland is... Um, one of the biggest uh, sort of um, keys to the whole tax avoidance puzzle right now, because they have pretty much any major FTSE 100 company, FTSE 400 company, is based or has an office in in Holland to run their money through, because what the Dutch government does is. They make sort of bespoke agreements with companies. So you can go to the Dutch government and say, hi, I'd like to base my office here. Um, Can we do a deal where you tax us 0.001% on all our profits and we'll put 20 billion through your country and you'll still make a little, you know, you'll still make a drink off it. These huge buildings with, you know, tens of thousands of companies just stuffed in there and there are no employees of of the companies that have their offices there they're just there for sort of tax purposes and
2: the EU is supposed to be some sort of trading bloc but it's sort of begging your neighbour who can do the the, the best deal for themselves rather than thinking about joining forces and doing it together
3: absolutely yeah it's a race to the bottom so everyone's in competition against each other to get the the major multinationals into their their countries um, and then yeah, ultimately, no one no one makes any money off tax because they're all just doing each other over, left, right isn't centre.
2: And Britain are now competing in that way in the, in the sense that the corporation tax is coming down and may head further in that direction.
3: Yeah, that's... The, yeah, Yeah, that's... Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah.
2: And this is now led on to this Fair Tax Towns campaign. Mm. So essentially you want people in different towns, largely with independent high streets, Mm. to get on board so as buy into this uh, intellectual property branding Mm. so as you can then take the case to the tax
3: man itself. Mm. This is the idea, you see. Um, Any town that wants to brand themselves as a Fair Tax Town can just go to the Fair Tax Town website and you can sign the pledge and you'll get sent some branding. Uh, and you can brand your town um, and become part of the movement.
2: So how did you get into all this? This is sort of, you know, the, for, the, for the slacktivist out there, mm. were you ever a slacktivist? You're, you might now describe yourself as an activist. Were you ever a slacktivist? What is, what is a slacktivist? Slacktivist is somebody who, who has a lot of thoughts, yeah. sits on their arse a lot, clicks on a lot of things, right. yeah, but yeah, doesn't yeah. necessarily get out and do anything.
3: I don't know. I mean, I used to go and chain myself to stuff.
2: Give us some examples.
3: Uh, you know, like, arms company, officers and... So have you, have you, like it, that.
2: And what about arrests? Have you got a, a long, long list of arrests, or did you just... No, no? never, never. <laughs> you always had the key with you and just let yourself yeah. out in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
3: feel, you know, relatively polite and, and uh, yeah. I mean, we did a bunch of stuff, you know, for the show. We sort of got into Tony Blair's house. Is this uh, for the revolution? Yeah, will we'll be televised? So this is for
2: the, those people that don't know, BBC Three show, yeah. BAFTA. BAFTA award, yeah, then, BBC yeah, Three yeah, show.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah Any, any other awards you want to mention While we're um, There's a whole shelf up there Yeah they're not... <laughs> they're not, There is They're not one. mine They're not all mine <laughs> They all look good Yeah no, I lost the BAFTA actually At the awards Oh that's, that's a good Can yeah. you get a spare BAFTAs? I had to pay for another one What what
2: does a spare BAFTA cost? Do you remember roughly? It was like 500 quid
3: 500? Yeah. Well I left it on the dance floor I think someone from Made Chelsea nicked it yeah, did no. they, they? I'm assuming they, hadn't they had. They had. There's 50 like of them. them so obviously... it
2: certainly takes it down, <laughs> doesn't it? <Yeah. laughs> who was your co-winner?
3: <laughs> Made in Chelsea. Yeah. Oh no! It says a lot, doesn't it? Um, yeah. No, we used to. It's, I mean, you know, the police came after we got into Tony Blair's house. Which
2: I think we may have just heard them on the microphone there.
3: Yeah, should we do that again? Yeah, go for it. So the police rocked up after we um, got into Tony Blair's house and kind of were very polite and took our names and addresses and stuff like that. But you, you do think that perhaps if I was sort of Muslim and had a beard, they wouldn't have been...
2: Quite as relaxed. Quite as
3: relaxed about it. So that's, you, that's
2: what you're going to try and do next time, just to see yeah. what, the, what the ultimate reaction is. Yeah, yeah. And did you feel you'd achieved anything by breaking into Tony Blair's house? Did you get did you get sort of a, a level of publicity? I mean, you have had mm. some some things. You, you stood. I noticed uh, you stood for uh, yeah. Parliament yeah. against Grant Shapps. He, he was the, yeah. uh, the MP who said that he wasn't using his pseudonym, so you decided to mm. stand as his pseudonym against yeah. him.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I changed my name to Michael Green, which was his... Are you name. still now Michael Green, officially? I think I changed it back. But I change my name so often, it's quite hard to...
2: So what somebody should have done is change their name to your name whilst you were Michael Green, and then you'd have been in right trouble. Who am
3: yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. i have to give them my BAFTA. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I got 216 votes, which was not you... bad.
2: Well, which is so almost you... as much
3: as um, Al Murray got... In uh, Thanet,
2: yeah. Well, I was disappointed.
3: You know, both of you
2: didn't didn't achieve more in some
3: ways. Well, you don't. I don't think you want me or Murray as members of parliament. I think that'd be a very bad idea.
2: Well, in some ways, then, why were you standing? I suppose if you if you weren't quite serious about, I mean, you you know, Martin Bell standing against Neil Hamilton or whatever. I mean, that Mm. it it did have a massive impact, and it did that was changing things because we had Martin Bell in his white suit for five years as an MP.
3: Yeah. Well, I was just trying to take the piss out of uh, Grant shash
2: <laughs> But did he do him any harm, do you think?
3: I know, mean, he was, the majority, he was like 20,000 or something. It's, uh, he, there was never going to be any real challenge to... He didn't even show up to the count, I don't think. We sort of waited around at the count for him, but he was so confident he was going to win, he didn't even show up. Did so, he...
2: how much is it to change your name, Is it a tenner, something yeah, like that? I not it... it costs anything,
3: does it? I oh, know it does. Yeah, no, it's, no, like it's 20 definitely any a- cost. yeah.
2: But it's one of those where you're thinking that if people want uh, a personalised number plate, just yeah. change, change your name to, you know, RK083ZA yeah. and, uh, yeah, right. you know, you're there. <laughs> Alan Duncan is yeah. uh, he's threatening to come on the show on, on Slack Redaction Group. Yeah, oh. which is, is um, given he, he, um, he got sort of, uh, had a few problems with yourself yeah. with, over his uh,
3: expenses. Yes. Yeah, that was, yeah, in 2009.
2: Basically, five grand for gardening expenses. He did a little prank on his lawn, Mm. a little pan sign there. He then very kindly invited you to the (laughs) House of Commons, and you, sneakily, had a little microphone at the time. And uh, you got in a bit of trouble.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we did the film as a sort of nature documentary. So we released it, and it was like, here in the Houses of Parliament, MPs feel as, they're, as though they're very badly abused. £66,000 a year, clearly, is being treated like shit. Which is what he said. He said he had to live on rations and MPs were, were treated like shit. Which, at the time, he was uh, head of uh, reforming the expenses policy within the Tory party, so in public he was saying, oh, it's outrageous what's happening with expenses, people claiming behind closed doors. Dorsey was sort of saying the exact opposite.
2: So tell us how you got in. You know, in terms of the revolution will be televised, mm. you you sort of started doing online pranks that you were filming. Yeah, and somebody got wind of that.
3: You know, we used to go and sort of prank MPs, or you know, we used to go and um, do like, antagonized of antagonise BNP, or do we used to do funny things. I used to like buy. Lockheed-Martin.co.uk, which was the big company. Yeah, and so, so we're
2: now doing health services.
3: Right, are they doing health yeah. services? They're, they're, they're pitching Jesus. for various health services. So they have it both ways, don't Death they? Death and, and, and health.
2: Yeah, that's it, you know. Cornered the market. Yeah, if, if you get killed, or never yeah.
3: mind, but if you only, you know, survive yeah. a bit injured, we can look after you as well. God, are they doing that for the NHS? Yeah. Fucking hell. That's nuts, isn't it? It is. So we'd, you know, we'd sort of do sort of prank investigation so they go and copy their website and get or you know st- steal their fonts and kind of do Probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> and I uh, think change the text. You know, we are the premier death company of uh, of, of death in the world, and we'd like to market our wares to all sorts of oppressive governments all around the world. And then we'd send emails to MPs and try and get meetings, or to sort of corrupt charities and try and get meetings with them and do investigations. So, what what is your aspirations for fair tax towns? What are you hoping to achieve with those? Well, I think it'd be nice to have a sort of fair tax mark, in the same way that you have fair trade. You know, people. Won't buy something these days. It's socially unacceptable to buy something that's used for kids, child labour, or whatever. Uh, it should be socially acceptable to go and you know buy something from a company that you know not contributing to society. So you if we them? had enough fair tax downs, you know you could patronise the businesses that you knew were actually paying tax.
2: And it's a very, very fair point that you make in the documentary mm. that if you're an independent coffee person who has to pay tax yeah. against somebody who can avoid loads of tax, a major company, yeah. you know, there's, there's going to be no independent coffee places left
3: unless we do something about that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, companies that aren't paying tax can easily undercut the local shops that are. So, yeah. so do
2: you need a, is there a certain number that you need to get to where you, you then think it's worthwhile taking on the government and, and actually testing this in,
3: in a tribunal? Well, Steve, who runs the local coffee shop, is going to submit his tax return this year under the scheme. And it kind of puts HMRC in a bit of a catch-22 because either they say, yes, that's fine, uh, at which point... Presumably, they're opening up the door for every small businesses, every small business in the country to do the same. And
2: and not just small businesses, I'm guessing.
3: Yeah. You know, as a self-employed person, you could do it, Andy.
2: You, yeah, the, I mean, I'm, yeah. I won't be the first comedian <laughs> to have tried a yeah, similar thing. Right, yeah. But this True is analysis. this is we should make the point that yeah. this is not to avoid paying tax. No. This is this is to try and make sure that everybody pays fair tax.
3: Absolutely, you could do it. You could save money and know you're doing something for a good cause at the same time, which is great. But the, the other option is that is that they can test it and they say this doesn't, it's not going to work at which point they're hypocrites because we've just copied the system that a lot of the big corporate tax lawyers use themselves, which are presumably are perfectly OK because they have signed them off.
2: Yeah, on, on, on the, the film itself, though, it, there's, a, there's a gentleman there, I think the lawyer, says mm. this could well take five years to go through the court. So this is, a, mm. this, is a, this is a long game.
3: It's a long game. And if there are any lawyers out there that want to represent Steve pro bono, get in touch because he might, he might need them. He's going to have to fight the case if they contest it.
2: Okay, and, and presumably we could do benefits for him and stuff like that. We could try and raise
3: money. You could do a, to, you could do a whole. You could do a gig. Yeah. Do a, a tour. Well, we could him. do a little crickow fundraiser yeah. or whatever. Should we do that?
2: Yeah, no, I think that'd, that'd be good. good. Yeah. yeah. no, definitely. Right. You know, because I mean, was, we got five years, so we can do a, a mm. series of fundraisers or whatever, yeah. and make sure that he's got enough to test it. Sure. No, I would love to. I'd love to. Because they. And you're a, aware
3: some of these lawyers cost around ten thousand pounds an hour.
2: The thing is, though, that the government, mm. no government, ever wants to take on the lawyers because who frames the. Legislation that
3: would take on the lawyers, this it's is the, the lawyers. Thing. This is the thing. It's almost a sort of conspiracy of silence amongst the lawyers which allows them to continue charging £10,000 an hour because the same lawyers that are employed by HMRC to prosecute the big corporate tax avoiders are also the same lawyers that work on behalf of the big corporate tax avoiders. So I think there is a sense in which some of these lawyers, it's in their interest to make it seem a lot more complicated and a lot more mysterious than it actually is because it allows them to charge all this money. It's essentially set
2: up something in a tax haven, get something in between. It's three steps, isn't it?
3: Pretty much. I mean, it is. there are 17,000 pages of tax law, so but, but I'm not it, saying it's, it's easy. Like, it's
2: like a book of instructions. Yeah, There's usually yeah.
3: a, you know, 100 pages
2: of a book of instructions, but they can give you the quick guide in two, right. and that's all you need. Exactly. So, will there be a follow up? Is the idea to try and do the town that took on the tax man
3: and one, or, or whatever it might be? The town that took on the tax man two, yes. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, well, in five years' time, potentially. But, yeah, I mean, May, yes, it would be good. I guess we'll have to see what happens when Steve submits his, his tax return to see if there's a follow up. Oh, um, well, well but even if like, you, know, you know, these poor guys.
2: Even if there's not a follow up in terms of the, it's not successful, surely that's the follow up in itself.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, it's nice to win. It's nice to feel like you've won. It would be a bit of a depressing documentary. Well, I suppose
2: there's always the appeal and the appeal after the appeal. We've just got to find enough of these lawyers willing, you know, if you're making £10,000 an hour, I think you can give a couple of hours free to uh, to a good course. The only way, I mean, they'll get more tax then, I suppose, more Mm. tax work, wouldn't they? Yeah. If all of these independent companies get to do it, they'll all need a lawyer at some point. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's good PR. If there are businesses out there that legitimately want to get involved in the movement, um, it'd be great because it's a lot of work for these guys on this small, sleepy high street in Wales, you know, to kind of...
2: Well, in the meantime, if you're going on your holidays, you're down in South Wales, pop up to the Brecon Beacons, go into Crickow, and Crick Owl, yeah. buy a coffee from Steve.
3: Yeah, fair tax, fair tax town, fair tax town coffee.
0: I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah president. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership.
2: And in terms of, uh, if if you wake up every day and all of these things make you angry, are there days when you wake up and you don't want to get out of bed or are you always getting up going, right, let's do this, this makes me angry, I'm going to go and do this? How do you activate yourself? For those people who sat Mm. at home with a bit of chocolate, Mm. too depressed to get off the sofa when they hear things like this,
3: how, how do you motivate yourself? I think it makes me feel better doing this stuff. I think you get. I think maybe when you're young, maybe when you're in your early 20s, you think you can actually make a difference. Maybe you can, I don't know. But as you get older, you just sort of. Do it for the lulz, really, and maybe you're having some effect, or maybe not. Well, the think when meantime, you're young, you think you can have massive effect. Yeah.
2: As you get older, you
3: realise that yeah. it's sort of little baby steps along
2: the way. A yeah. drunken stagger, yeah. you know, three steps forward, two back. That's, yeah, it's true. But we can point to things where things have changed. Yeah. It? I mean, George Osborne was going to—he was going to tax pasties, is not he? And he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a weird. Little, little <laughs> things, little things you've got to yeah. hang on to, <laughs> haven't
3: you? Wake up and just think of the pasties. There you go, yeah. they'll get you through yeah. the day. that's it. Uh, I think like, having a bit of fun with activism is quite a good way of doing effective activism.
2: So it, that's effectively what slacktivism is, it, yeah. you know, in some ways. We, yeah. we, the whole idea, of you're going on a march, yeah. it's quite you're often quite cold, there's a yeah. lot of speakers. You, you need to have a little bit of fun along the way to make sure that it, uh, you yeah. go back for the next one.
3: Yeah, no-one likes a po-faced sort of... Um, Revolutionary, do they? It, you know, <laughs> <Yeah. it's, laughs> that
2: Sheikovara needs
3: to have his hat yeah. to be jaunty angle, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, we can't all be as good-looking as of Do you know what I mean? That, uh, we need to. Uh, yeah, I think as well. I think having some satire and humor in your activism is quite a good way of taking yeah. taking the piss out of the powers that be is a good way of undermining them. It's like being a school bully, but, but, it's but for a good cause. You yeah, know, you're sort of.
2: But I suppose the, the, the point there is is—is that often the bad guys aren't the government, it's not the MPs. The MPs are working, Just trying to work hard, yeah. it's actually trying to get to the corporations, which is why, when you can shame them on social media or whatever, mm. they are that much more aware of their corporate image now. theres I won't say it's a bright new dawn, but there is there is a glimmer of light coming under the, the door.
3: Yeah, I think so. D-locking doors is quite fun. We used to go and D-lock Nobu's doors when for selling endangered bluefin tuna.
2: Did it ever have any effect on Nobu selling bluefin tuna? When
3: I know. I they still sell it. Well, it's... because I never knew they did sell bluefin tuna. It's De Niro so, owns it, doesn't he?
2: As in Robert De Niro. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All I remember about Nobu is that Boris Baker had a little bit of a flick in, in the broom right, in cupboard, the cupboard, and yeah. I don't think it had anything to do with bluefin tuna yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I did yeah. go and visit the broom cupboard where he was in, so it was an activism of a sort, but not quite the one that it should have been.
3: Wow. Yeah, I remember that. he yeah, used to put. Um, blue plaques on MP's houses and their second homes. We're well,
2: talking about Alan Duncan, he yeah. actually turned up at live at the Apollo when I was doing it. He was in the audience. Was he? And so I just spent the entire bit of the set that I was doing with members of the crowd yeah. talking to Alan Duncan, pretending that he was only in the Hammersmith Apollo so he could pretend it was his second home. <laughs> and this whole idea, because it was like, it was all to do with the expenses at the time. Yeah. So. And it he came like... to your show. And yeah, no, it was like. It's and so, sort of asking and I said, what's the point? <laughs> it's like, it's free tickets. You can't even claim this old expenses. <laughs> yeah. And he's just there laughing away. It's quite a good
3: sport. He's yeah, good sport. but
2: he was such a good sport. Mm. In fact, he no longer has a job.
3: Yeah, I tell you, you wouldn't want to be on the front bench, though, would you? Bloody, hell. who would do that job? well there's lot of them to do. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. It's much easier just to sort of poke fun at them, isn't so it? Are you quite actually?
2: pleased that Wellin Hatfield only gave you 216 votes?
3: I think so. Would you be an MP? No, no. I'm lot full Not for 64 grand. No, well, to <laughs> Living on rations. <laughs> <laughs>